0: Magical customer experiences don't happen by accident. They happen through careful planning and meticulous design. Kevin and Debbie have been engineering extraordinary customer experiences for over 30 years. Join us as we explore corporate culture, branding, service excellence, and much more through storytelling, technical curiosity, and friendly conversation. The Disney way for the digital age will be revealed.
1: All right, folks here we are episode nine believe it or not we're calling this one faster than normal zombie loyalists and that is due to our wonderful guest which I will introduce shortly but uh Deb and I just got to catch up I haven't seen you in a while I haven't um, seen you. <laughs> thank you for sending those videos of your dad um, he's using the remote senior care product and he's yeah. some he is the cutest thing um doesn't fall far
2: Thank you. He told me that anytime you needed anything, he would do it for you. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> Super nice and so glad that he likes it. You know, you want you're yeah. to uh, keep in touch with him and he likes that uh, Alexa does a little dance for him and you can yeah. save a trip or two going over to visit your dad uh, when yeah. he doesn't pick up the phone.
2: Yeah. Well, when he doesn't pick up the phone or he leaves it off the hook, I do a drop in because if he's in the house, I can at least get catch up to him. And I'm not in a panic all the time and say, Dad, your phone's off the hook. Last time I called the police for a wellness check, he got really mad at me. Ah. Ah. (laughs) Yeah. Embarrasses him, you know. So, yeah, he calls her his best friend. Oh, that's so nice. I'm serious. He said, This is my best friend. It is about
1: companionship, too. I do that with my mom, and it's just nice. You know, I can play. But anyway, Peter's
2: comment, you know, it is not really a conversation, but he thinks of it as a conversation. He asks her questions, and she answers, and she says, Play my music, and she plays his music. And, you know, he asks. I think
1: we're just at the beginning. There's so much more to come that, you know. Be interactive and stimulating. So, yeah, yeah. What else have we been up to? So, this last weekend, uh, our illustrious guest talked me into signing up for another race, the New York City Triathlon. And it was the um, hottest day of the year in New York City. So um, my son and I um and we'll we'll talk to Peter when he when he comes on in a moment about this, but so my son and I go, we 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 find out that it is the hottest day of the year. They've shortened uh the, the bike and the run. So those of that you that don't know triathlon, it is a, a swim, a bike, and a run. And this one is a mile swim in the Hudson River, usually with a current behind you. So it is the what they call not wetsuit legal. And which just means you can't wear the wetsuit, which makes you buoyant and sleek and swim better for me. So as we're walking down, I turned to my son. And I said, I'm out. <laughs> I said, yeah, I really yeah. just want to watch you and keep you safe because, you know, he's doing this. He hasn't done a mile swim. He's th- he's very good with triathlon. He was in the nationals last year. But wow. um so I'd, I'd prefer to just stay out and, and make sure you stay safe. So he did it. He did it without a wetsuit. And um, it also uh, uh, let us stay together because we were originally in different waves. So when he got out, we were able to do the the bike and, and the run together. So
2: it was kind of cool. I call the, it the tri torture event, but, you know, that's all right. <laughs> Not my thing. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, so I... I our guest today, we are so lucky to have Peter Shankman. Uh, Peter and I met just over 10 years ago when he was on my first podcast, The Buzz Bubble, in 2012. Uh, wow. We'll post a link to that on the website and you can entertain yourself and see what we both looked like 10 years ago. Um, incidentally, he was introduced by our the voice of our introduction, Cindy Clifford. She said, you should get Peter on your show. Um, so by that time, 10 years ago, he'd already written a best-selling book and is was on his way to having five best-selling books on Amazon today, including Zombie Loyalists, Deb's favorite, <laughs> and Faster Than Normal. Turbocharger your focus, productivity, and success with the secrets of the ADHD brain. Peter returned to the podcast a couple of years later on an episode called The Buzz Council that featured Peter and the renowned cognitive anthropologist, Dr. Bob Deutsch, and our own Debbie Z. So they've been together uh, and have met previously. So Peter and I have become fast friends over the last 10 years. And Peter's pulled me into things like signing up for Ironman Triathlon in Atlantic City, um, a New Year's Eve race in New York City in zero degree weather with my wife, Stacy, who will never let me forget that we did that. And then she drags me out in 30 degree weather to run. And I'm like, I don't want to. She's like, you did it in zero. We're doing this. So thanks for that, Peter. He also keynotes for Fortune 100 companies, as well as startups and has spoken in over 25 countries and is currently the futurist in residence at Price Benowitz and Blue Shark Digital. And without further ado, and that was a lot of ado. (laughs) um,
3: (laughs) Welcome to the show, Peter Shankman. What's up, Peter? Good to be back, man. Good to be back,
1: how are you? Oh, we are doing great and we are so glad to have you. What beer. have you been up to? What's been going on? Let's start um, with what's new in your life.
3: What's new in my life? I'm living in a flop house in Battery Park City uh, <laughs> while I <laughs> while I wait for my apartment to be renovated. I had a had a massive water issue several months ago. Um, floors got destroyed. Uh, so I'm uh, they're finally insurance finally kicked in. And so they're, I'm having all new floors, new paint, the whole thing. And so, but it's taken forever, and um, hopefully hopefully another week and a half. But I gotta. Got a decent view of the Statue of Liberty from where I am right now, but uh, I miss my place.
1: Sounds like a decent flop house. Um, yeah, you, got, you got a great apartment with a killer view, and yeah, Shane. How about Waffle? Where's Waffle this time? Is Waffle? Uh, he's. Uh... Oh, Waffle gets to hang. Oh,
3: so Waffle's with you. Good. Yeah, he's spending a, spending a decent amount of time in doggy storage, but uh, I can <laughs> I can bring him out every once in a while. So he's Waffle is the coolest guy. So.
1: Let's talk about what's going on in the world uh, that affects consumers and service and customer experience. All those things that Deb and I have been talking about this season that is so aligned with everything you do. You want to talk a little bit about what consumers expect, and you know what can brands do to live up to, or maybe even exceed
3: those expectations. I mean, customer service has always been crap, and it really went to shit after COVID um, or during COVID. <laughs> because everyone had an excuse. Oh, you know, we don't know the, the, manpower. Oh, we have, our people are out, <laughs> or out. And, and the problem with doing things like that is that they never actually come back. Right. You know, it, when, when, when companies manage to lower the bar, it's very, for, for whatever reason, it's very right. rare that they bring it back up. Um, right. We'll just, and, and a lot of that is our fault because we sort of accept it. Right. Uh, you know, back in the fifties, flying used to be glamorous. Somehow we started accepting um, flying sucked. <laughs> And now most airlines do the absolute bare minimum. I, I always talk about this when I give my speeches, you know, who had a good flight? Someone raises their hand. I go, "What well, made it good. Well, we took off on time. We landed on time. Okay, that's just called a flight. That's not <laughs> actually a good flight. And so, so when the bar is so unbelievably low, um, I don't really need you to be awesome. I, I teach companies. I don't, I don't need them to be amazing. I need, to, I need you to suck slightly less
1: yeah. than everyone else. Um, yeah, what you just described is they met expectations, right? We took off and
3: we landed. We didn't crash. <laughs> exactly. know, I wasn't dragged off the plane by my nose. And that's, that's really the key is, you know, if you can do the bare minimum, uh, people tend to be very happy with that. And it's funny because it doesn't take much to the bare minimum and it takes almost as little to do 1% better. Um, right. you know, so I don't need you to like, you know, redefine pie. I just need you to be slightly better than everyone else. And, and, and. <laughs> for the companies that get it, it's actually a, a brilliant time to be uh, a company because like I said, the bar is so low that right, right, it's pretty easy to do all the things and win everything. Yeah. I mean, and if you could do it consistently,
1: right, be adequate consistently. Um, and that's all we're asking, right? It's like you always say, I know when I order Diet Coke, I'm just going to get a Coke. And I just expect that. It's like, if you can consistently bring me the Diet Coke. Like, uh, Deb, you're the one that turned me on to um, Holiday Inn Express. What I love about them is they are what they are, but they're consistently... The same. And I get cinnamon buns, which, by the way, (laughs) that's probably why I book it. But, you know, it's clean. It is not luxurious. But I get a place to stay and, you know, things are consistent Um, and they meet my expectations every time.
2: And not not to be confused with Holiday Inn, because the Holiday Inn is not the same thing. Holiday Inn Express is that step above. Holiday Inn, it's kind of a crapshoot. You never know what you're going to (laughs) get. So it you know it's a it's strange because they're all part of the same brand per se. Um, interesting.
3: It's it's funny also because you have um, you know for something like Holiday Inn Express where they're doing the bare minimum to get getting your cin- cinnamon bun. Um, God help you. God help them. The one day they don't have cinnamon buns for you. Yes. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Marriott. I, I was I was platinum. I'm platinum for life at at, at Starwood, which meant that I spent ten years. 10 years spending 15 nights or more a year in a Starwood hotel, 10 years in a row. And for that, I got platinum status for life. And then Starwood was eaten by Marriott and mm. they created something called Bonvoy. Yeah. And Bonvoy is their, is their sort of combined program. Um, problem is they create platinum was their highest level. They created two elements above platinum. Uh, they created titanium and lifetime titanium. So uh, you can't create an element. It doesn't work like that. And so now um, I don't get shit for being platinum. Life, right. 10 years right. of loyalty no longer matters. And so I've pretty much stopped staying with Marriott. I've moved to Hilton. Hilton matched my status in like 30 seconds after I tweeted them. Um,
0: yeah.
3: You know, and, and even the stupid things, like when I have to stay at Marriott, I had to stay at Marriott a... Uh, Last week, uh, because I was speaking at a conference and they booked me, it was at that hotel. And um, even the stupid things they used to do, there was no free water. There was no free bottle of water in the hotel room, but there were definitely two $9 per bottle bottles of water in the hotel room. And it's those kind of things that, you know, you might be saving money, but at what cost?
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's crazy. You know, they, they have so many levels. Do I even feel special anymore? It's like, you know, when you're waiting exactly. to board. Well, it's that's like- the
3: thing. The last thing, you know, it's one thing if I never had status, but I was top tier. And then for whatever reason, you decided, nope, you're not. Right. But we're going to add more. That's tiers. not cool. That's even worse. That's even worse than if I'd never been top tier to begin with.
1: Right. You don't matter. You don't matter anymore. You, you matter more than anything. Oh wait, it's Tuesday. You don't really matter.
3: And what's much. funny is that companies, uh, small companies still do that, still make that, that horrible error. They go, we're at 9,990 Facebook followers. Our 10,000th follower gets a gift, which is a classic screw you to the first 9,999. Right. Thanks for showing up late.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> right,
3: you no longer matter. It's just ridiculous.
2: Peter, I'll tell you what happened once to me is I'd had this particular credit card for uh, years and years and years, pay it off every time I got the bill, great customer. And I'm going into a a department store one day and had people out front saying, uh, for new customers only, you get all these free gifts, right? Right. So I just to start trouble, I went up (laughs) and said... Um, well, what about me? I've, I've had your credit card for 10 years. I pay it off every month when it comes in. I use it all the time. I'm a great customer. And the, the poor young man behind the table said, well, th- this is only for for new right. customers. I said, well, why? I uh, What about your loyal customer? <laughs> and I just went back and forth and gave him a really hard time. Then I said, I'm just messing with you. But they don't get it. You know, I was a little resentful. I don't get anything for being loyal. No question about it. <laughs>
3: And that's the thing is is that, you know, I I left my doctor recently. I've been with a doctor for like 25 years and he was fine, but his practice was acquired by Northwell health. And, Mm. and all of a sudden you're waiting 20 minutes online and 20 minutes on the phone. Um, their app never works. You know, they promised all these great things with this, with this acquisition and it just got worse and worse and worse to the point where they, you get charged now if you cancel an appointment within three days, um, of the appointment. So so I had a cancel them because I was traveling and they said, okay, we're gonna have to bill you. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Then let me just uh, let me just change it. Can I change it to next week? And they go, sure, no problem. I changed it next week. And then I called back, I'm like, hi, I'd like to cancel my appointment for next week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't try to outstupid me because you'll lose. Right. But it's like I switched over to this medical group called uh, Forward which you pay 190 bucks a year and the app works and you get an appointment within 24 hours and you can be seen. And blah, blah, blah. Um, granted, they just got acquired by Amazon. So I have a feeling I'm kind of screwed there. Oh, they there. did? Again, Good for them. Just acquired I used Amazon them for a while. Like 3.2 billion. So, you know, it's like, okay, well, now now Amazon uh, uh, knows my, my blood sugar levels. But it's <laughs> um, it begs the question, why would you lose? You know how many? If you lost me after 25 years, 25 years with the same doctors, a lot of time, yeah,
2: yeah.
3: right? Started with this guy when I was like 25, right? And and so and he was my parents' doctor, right? And so I would have brought my daughter to him eventually, but he, he blew it, and it's right. a shame. He's a nice guy. Well, yeah, and it
1: begs the question that we we talked about. I think they talked about this last week. Is growth always? the goal, right? Sometimes staying small or getting smaller, giving better service and the service you want to give is the right move. Like everybody talks about, how do I grow? How do I grow? Maybe that's not the right choice. It's not, well, I'll say it bluntly. It's not always
3: the right choice. No, it's not. When I sold Help Reporter out, I had two options. I could have uh, grown the company for 10 years, been, you know, had to be a, a manager, had to be a CEO, done all the shit I hated and it probably wouldn't have worked. Um, right. Or I could it and let another company do it who was better at it. Right. Growth is great if you're better at it, if you're good right. at doing it, if you're growing just for the sake to say you're growing and you have no real plan on how to handle that. You know, you, 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 it's like all the people that got dot coms and then I changed their name <laughs> to whatever their company was dot com in, in like 1999. Um, for what? Right. Just so you could say you did it. <laughs> right. It's like, you know, you, you got to, if you're going to do that, if you're going to get acquired, make sure you have a plan to get your shit together.
1: Absolutely. And I, you know, a lot of our listeners are are small business, mid-sized business and growth is a goal. And, you know, I, I I really think you need to look at, is this why I started this company, whether it's last year or 20, you know, in my case, you know, 25 years ago, I grew into something that honestly, I didn't, I didn't have passion for anymore. And thankfully it was nice. I I got to sell it last year and it, it actually, you know, universe all came together nicely for me and that's fine. But I beg people to like, keep looking back at like, is this what I want the company to be and I originally set out to do and aligns with my passions or, and this is what sucks me in, or was I just up for the next challenge and I'm like, yeah, I could do that. Or I want to make sure I show everybody I could do that or show myself that I could do that. I mean, (laughs) I own a CBD company because I was up for the challenge. And then one day I look back, I'm like, (laughs) i that's not my passion. <laughs> this wasn't my company. I got sucked into it and then somebody left. So really got to reevaluate, step back and say, am I still passionate about what we stand for?
3: And that's the thing, you know, I think that, that at the end of the day, if you're selling a product or if you're in, involved with a customer in any capacity, the first passion has to be towards customer experience. And if yep. it's not, you know, if it's not, you got to reevaluate what you're doing because I don't care how great your product is. I, I perfect example. I, um, I bought this ridiculous scooter. You could see a little bit in the back, probably in the background of my, of my thing. And it's, it's, oh, yeah. it, it goes 78 miles an hour. There's absolutely no reason. I should oh, come ever, on. No joke. There's no reason I should ever have bought this scooter. <laughs> I got it up to 48 miles an hour. And I, I, I'm like, okay, I'm scared shitless right now. And I just, should be. I'm never never going to take it high. It has dual motors. And 48 miles an hour <laughs> is just one motor. But, dual um, motors. What's crazy about it, I get an email, a, an urgent email last week. Do not charge the scooter. Um, <gasps> after like apparently they had three cases of the charger malfunctioning and lithium batteries catching on fire. Wow. And we, do <laughs> want, we do not want lithium batteries to catch on fire. And no. they say, if you see any strange things with the scooter or whatever, immediately take it outside, uh, put it in an outside location. Like, okay, I live in an apartment. I can't do that. So I'm just not going to charge it. But then they said, we are sending you uh, two new fuses and new chargers. It's a quick 15 minute fix, but please do not charge the scooter until you get that. And they followed up. After I ordered it, they brought up in the room. Hey, it's going to let you know your package on the way. Again, please do not charge the scooter. If you have any questions, call us 24 hours a day. They, they did the right thing, and they did it well. On the mm-hmm. flip side, a year and a half ago, or a year, yeah, about a year and a half ago, my uh, CPAP machine was recalled. Um, mm. Because apparently mm. the, the tubing was breaking apart into little, little micro pieces <gasps> of plastic and going down people's lungs and killing them. Um, That's kind and, of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. But uh, you know how I found <laughs> out about that? I read it in the fucking paper. <gasps> um, oh my God! I wasn't. My the, the, the manufacturer didn't call me. The place I got my sleep apnea. My has got diagnosed. Didn't call me. Nothing. Wow. right I literally read about it in the paper, and and the Philips, um, uh, the company that makes it, the, they have been sending me emails the past year, letting me know that they have two million units that they have to replace, and I'm in the queue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is sleep apnea. This isn't like something you mess no, this, around. with. Sleep yeah. apnea, you could die. I was, you can, my test said that I was stopping breathing 79 times an hour oh my God. before I got my CPAP. An hour. An, an hour. And so, I mean, the fact that I'm not dead or like a, a gerbil or a vegetable, or whatever, is a miracle. So now you're telling me that I'm waiting over a year and a half. If I didn't have the money to buy another unit out of pocket, what the hell would I do?
2: Right. Right.
1: It's, it, it's the thing that helps you breathe it, not. Not the scooter in the
3: corner that you could stop riding for a week. And yet the scooter gave me the best possible customer experience. Right. And again, it's, you know, you were talking earlier about the triathlon. It's the same thing. I have done New York City triathlon 15 years, for 15 years. Wow. It was originally run by a guy named John Corff. He launched it 20-something years ago. I've been doing it since like 2005, I think. And it's a wonderful race. A lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it was. It was. And then it was purchased by Lifetime Fitness and Lifetime Events. and the past five years, the triathlon has either been canceled or shortened every single year. Yeah. And I emailed so – and sure enough, this year, they can, They they turned it from a full Olympic into less than a sprint uh, because of the heat. Mind you, it wasn't – they said, oh, it's going to be 100 degrees. Mind you, it wasn't 100 degrees at 6 a.m.
1: Right? right.
3: And they cool. could have easily done it. They had delays at the start, which which resulted in half the people, I think including your son, having to fight the current in the yeah. water. Um, And and it was later, right? So it's it's hotter. It started a half hour late, forty five minutes late because they had they had a maintenance issue. And the um, I tweeted, "It's like, so guys, um, since you're shortening it, it's no longer the length of the race that we paid for. uh, Are you going to offer deferrals or refunds? No, you're still getting a race, so we're not offering any deferrals or refunds." I right did this race for fifteen years in a row. I talked them up. I defended them every year. Oh, things happen. Fuck them. I'm done. I am done. Mm -hmm. I will. I will. I mean that's a simple math Peter right
1: it's like I bought 12 oranges you're giving me 6 Exactly not even Give me some three. money back
3: or tell me I can do it next year I will die on the hill that Lifetime Fitness is the absolute worst company ever. and it, it is just <laughs> I you know uh, not to beat a dead horse but it was it was a
1: it was a rough time I got my son who's is much better shape than me but you know he's my son I was worried so we're sitting at the athlete briefing and they say um oh some interesting statistics uh, one out of six have never done this triathlon in New York City. Oh, and one out of four um, have never done any triathlon. So that's pretty cool. And by the way, if the water goes 1.1 1. 1 degree over 78, we're not going to let you use a wetsuit. Right. Wait, people are in the Hudson River swimming a mile, one mile. And you're going to tell them that the thing that they've been practicing with hopefully they've been practicing because there are a lot of newbies in this race. They can't, the thing that keeps them buoyant, they can't use.
3: Now, Uh, now that I I was
1: texting Peter, Peter, I was texting you, right? Oh yeah, it was ridiculous. Someone's going to die today.
3: Now here's the funny thing. I actually will never wear a wetsuit no matter what the temperature, because, um, there, uh, there is video from me doing a half Ironman in Buffalo Springs, Texas, and there's video of me trying to get the wetsuit off uh, after the swim. And imagine imagine a crane dropping a manatee onto a dirt road.
0: Um,
3: Wait, <laughs> so okay. It's that yeah, day. Since 2009, I've never worn a wetsuit in any race or swim. But um, but I understand that people like them and they do help with buoyancy. But yeah, I, uh, I refuse. And the interesting thing is, is that the U.S. Triathlon Association's actual rules don't say that above this temperature, you're not allowed to wear a wetsuit. They say above this temperature, it's not wetsuit legal, which means that if you wear a, you can wear a wetsuit, you just won't win any awards. And, and yes, I'm not going to win an award anyway. And the
1: guy at the briefing said this with pride. You could not believe the guy at the briefing said this with pride. He even said, USTA, well, oh, you mean the, the global authority for sanctioning triathlon? He yep. said, USTA, they'll let you go. But no, we're, we played the hard line. I'm like, wait a minute. Why Why do you? Anyway. <laughs> so this is about how not to be a brand and, and treat your customers. So. Crazy. so let's talk about something simpler. Neuroatypical economy. The neuroatypical economy,
3: Peter. Talk to us about that neuroatypical. Yeah, essentially, it's fifteen to twenty percent of the of the workforce and of customers and of employees are going to be neuroatypical. That's ADD, ADHD, autism, executive function disorder, uh, anything along those lines, anything that makes your brain a little different. So if you're looking at and and there's twenty percent of the people, twenty percent of the workforce are usually the most um, creative. Yeah. So if you're a company, you need to learn how to hire for those people, how to attract those people, how to keep those people. No question about it.
1: Yeah. And I was, I was talking to Deb about this a little before the, uh, we started recording and I said, maybe because I travel in creative circles, but almost everyone I know says, oh yeah, I am somewhere on the spectrum. And, uh, you know, I love that Peter, you embrace it. It's a superpower. I agree. It's like faster, you know, we can get get thing more things done. I can think about five things at once and I can juggle them and not sacrifice quality. It is a superpower.
2: You know, I w- Kevin and I were talking about this earlier and there's also the term neurodivergent for those people who are not, you know, neurotypical and, and businesses want to hire, as you said, those neurotypical people. But you get so much... You, of the same thought process, you get into groupthink. When you start branching out and hiring people who are not neurotypical, who are neuroatypical, um, these are the folks who do think differently and communicate differently and have different ideas from the norm. And that's where you're going to get your best ideas. Uh, and yet, I think honestly, and I, and I said this to Kevin, and it's, it's just my opinion, but I think a lot of uh, business owners, bosses, whatever you want to call them, are afraid of these people. What do I do with these people? Am I going to have to make ADA requirements? And, and what if they don't follow the rules? And what, you know, um, will I lose control if I bring these people in? And you, so if you just keep hiring everyone and things the same way, you're not going to get creative ideas.
3: And what's really interesting about what you just said, and it's really a point, is that is that there are people who are actually afraid to let their bosses know that they're neurodivergent. And for me, (laughs) that's the craziest thing in the world because I'm telling if I worked for someone, I'd be like, look, boss, I will get more done. I will get more. uh, I will be more uh, productive than any of your other employees. All I ask is that you let me do things in a way that works for me. And you're not going to have to buy me a standing desk or that crap. Some days I might come in at 3 a.m. and work till noon Mm -hmm. um, because I work better quiet. I might wear my headphones, whatever the case may be. Right. But the, the benefits far outweigh, uh, anything you might have to do. I, am I'm, I'm a Lamborghini. Uh, you just got to give me some road. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: And but once I know. explain that and they see it, um, there's no question about it. I remember one of the, there's a magazine called attitude, ADDI 2 it's the ADHD or ADD and ADHD magazine. And, um, someone wrote a, an article called, why you should never tell your boss you're ADD. Wow. It pissed me off. And so of course I, I, I did a deep dive into who this person was. Of course she's a, she's a, Add Coach, who you know was pitching her services and all that, but right, she did a saving reply. I'm like, I'm not walking up to you and licking you and then telling you I have herpes. This is not right. This is an entirely different process that can benefit you, and and you're telling someone not to own that. You're you're shaming them for what they have. What what, what, in the 1400s here? It was it was yeah. It's it's. I believe it's a gift. There's no question it's a gift. It's very 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 useful if you know how to use it. Yeah.
1: I think the other really important thing you said there is that I need to work the way I need to work and this idea that we're still grappling with remote and mm-hmm. you know the world worked Monday through Friday 9 to 5 because that was what assembly line workers did. Exactly. We're not doing assembly we're not putting together cars and engines and you know we're we're building things that are made of Code and dots and asterisks, you know what I mean? There's all kinds just, of different yeah. things that are are our jobs today that mm-hmm. didn't look anything like when someone decided, and let's not forget that. you know all these things that we abide by these rules, quote unquote, were decided by somebody. Right? Mm-hmm. And this particular one is about a hundred years old. Let's just throw it in the garbage and let's let. You know, John show up at uh, three p.m. work till three a.m. Whatever you know, let, yeah. work that work at home. Don't chat at the water cooler. Do chat at the water cooler. You know, I think you just got to let people work the way they work and just look at the output. Right? It's like don't care if it came at 9.07. 9 no, and,
3: and, and then good I I've talked to bosses who get that, and they say, you know, I don't care, let let the guy work from the boreal forest as long as he's getting the job done. And it was funny. The only job I ever really had full time was America Online, and when I was at AOL they let us work any way we wanted. And then I, I left AOL and I moved back to New York and I took a job uh, at a magazine. And it lasted two weeks because we had 8 a.m. meetings. And then we had 9.30 a.m. editorial meetings. Then we had 11 a.m. check-ins. Then we had a half an hour for lunch. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is Russia. And I couldn't do it. <laughs> and I quit. I quit two weeks after I started. And, uh, you know, and then I went out on my own. It was the best thing that ever happened. So, no, it's it's crazy. It's crazy.
2: I'm convinced that the biggest reason that Companies do not let their workers rem- work remotely because they don't trust them. How yeah. do they how do I know that they're working? And honestly, if you let folks work the way it fits their natural personalities, I believe 99% of them will get the job done. They might not work nine to five. They might not do it the way you would do it, but they're going to get the job done. They're going to give you results. And isn't that what you're looking for? The results.
3: And I'll tell you, I'll tell you this if you if you are a boss who feels that you can't trust your employees, you have a hiring problem. Right.
2: Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. So
1: believe it or not, we are we are getting towards the end here, but I do want to fit in two more things because we talk about magical customer experiences here. I'm going to, I'm sure Peter's tired of telling the story, but I'm going to ask him okay. to tell the Morton story. And then Peter is going to be the guy this week that imparts the best piece of advice ever, we think.
3: <laughs> but yeah, so... The Morton, the Morton story, story is, is a fun one. So I was <laughs> eleven years ago. I was heading back from a meeting. I, was, I had a day trip to Fort Lauderdale for a meeting with Kirstie Alley. Strangely enough, that's that's the part that always gets. <laughs> I like, was like the cool. That was the second coolest thing I wound up doing that day. Um, and this is before she went all batshit mega crazy. But I was uh, <laughs> I was had a meeting with Kirstie Alley. And I'm, I'm, I'm going back to the airport and I'm starving. And I was training for some race or something, so I was very careful about what I ate. I didn't want airplane food, and so I jokingly sent a tweet. Hey, Mortons, why don't you meet me in Newark Airport when I land in three hours The the Porterhouse? <laughs> the same way you tweet, hey, Winter, please stop snowing. And um, <laughs> I landed three hours later and I found my driver. And next to my driver was a guy with a, a Mortons bag, a tuxedo carrying a Mortons bag. And uh, brilliant. It was a, a steak and, 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 and shrimp and all like, And um, it was ridiculous. And I went, to, uh, I, I went home, wrote a blog post about it. And like two days later, Mortons was on the stage show talking about their incredible, uh, you know, <laughs> But here's the thing. It, it wasn't so much PR as it was customer experience. It wasn't planned. I mean, I, I swear on everything I hold. Yeah, it, right. it was not planned, but what people need to understand is that Morton's focuses on customer experience all the time. Yeah. And why do I say that? Because if you, if they deliver me a stake at the airport and you see that and you go, well, they brought a stake at the airport. I'm going to go to Morton's. That's really, really cool. Um, and you go there and your reservation is delayed and your, your drink is cold or drink is wrong drink. And the, the, the food isn't right. You know, you're, you're going to be, uh, sure. They bring checkup to the airport and they can't even get my thing right. I'm going to come back here. So they have to make sure that everything they do is top notch. And again, it's not difficult. They, they ask you a simple question. When you make a reservation, they go, are you, uh, celebrating anything. Oh yeah, it's my girlfriend's birthday. Great, what's her name? Her name is Gabriella. Great, hey, we'll see you Gabriella Friday night. You show up Friday night, you get your table and sitting next to the, uh, you know, when you sit down, they give you a paper menu and on the menu it says happy birthday Gabriella. And, you know, that little thing that costs them nothing to do gets them more press than anything else because what is, who are Gabby's friends? You know, what is she going to do now? She's going to go to Instagram and Instagram the crap out of that thing for 45 minutes. And who are her <laughs> friends? You know, people just like Gabby, all of them want their boyfriends to take them to a place where they can have their name on the menu. So it's like, it doesn't take much. No, oh, brilliant. Yeah. And
1: they're paying attention. And yeah, that, that was just such great execution. Um, and the fact that they pay attention to all these little things always pays off. Well, I'm going to ask you to uh, give our folks just one piece of advice through all this. And again, you know, our, our, our small business owners and leaders and managers, you know, what, what would you tell them if you could give them one wonderful best piece of advice
3: ever today? Be brilliant at the basics and everything else will fall into place. I like that.
2: Yeah, wonderful. That's
3: awesome. Well, Peter, thank you so
1: much. It's so good to see you. It's so wonderful to have you on, on the show today. I thank you so much. Always a pleasure, Kevin. Good to see everyone. Let's do it again.
2: Thanks, Peter. Nice to see you again.
1: All right. Tune in next week. It's the season finale. So we are wrapping up a wonderful season. So surprised and, and delighted by what has come of this. Deb Deb and I were just like, hey, let's just try this thing out. So yes, season finale, big cliffhanger at the end. So you got to tune in. Uh, we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about operations. Um, Deb is the self-proclaimed, but uh, lives up to it. Uh, <laughs> operations girl. And then we're going to cram everything, a recap of everything we talked about on season one. All that in 31 and a half minutes. So thanks everyone. Tune in next week and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Bye now. You've been listening to the Disney way for the digital age. Our producer and engineer is Stephen Byram. Show coordinator, Taryn Preetrehan, and voiceover by Cindy Clifford. Kevin and Debbie can be reached for free advice or paid consulting at Kevin at DisneyWayDigital.com or Debbie at DisneyWayDigital.com. A new episode is released each Tuesday morning. We hope you continue to listen.